Welcome to Wealth Builders Real Estate Investing Podcast with your host, Marcus Cron. We interview experts so you can understand all aspects of real estate investing. Whether you're a passive investor or an experienced syndicator, this podcast can guide you on your journey of building wealth through real estate. If you want to get in touch with me directly to learn more about real estate or to see all of the available podcast episodes and show notes, visit my website, marcuscron.com. Hey guys, Marcus Cron here. Welcome to Wealth Builders Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today I'm joined by Brian Briscoe, who actively serves in the U.S. Marine Corps and has had a lot of success as a multifamily real estate investor. So you'll definitely want to listen into this whole episode. So Brian, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks a lot, Marcus. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on and uh, really looking forward to talking more. I know I've followed your podcast and attended one of your meetup groups and yeah, you've got a lot going on and and I'm excited to let you share with my audience here. So a little bit about Brian here. So he's, as I mentioned, he serves in the United States Marine Corps. He is a co-founder of Four Oaks Capital, a multifamily real estate syndication firm, and is the host of Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast. So yeah, before we get too far into it here, could you tell the audience a little bit more about yourself and your current focus? Yeah. So about me, you know, I was born and raised in Salt Lake City, you know, went to University of Utah, took a two-year break from that to do a mission for my church, ended up going to grad school in Minnesota. And, and that was, you know, that was interesting experience all by itself. And I think something that happened there was a catalyst for everything else that happened. I mean, uh, World Trade Center went down when I had like a couple of weeks after I arrived. And that's when I decided to go active duty in the Marine Corps, you know, and at the time it was supposed to be, you know, just a three and a half year tour, you know, of, of duty. And it turned into be a 19 year one so far. So, you know, once, once I got in the Marine Corps, you know, part of me was always looking at, you know, other things, you know, I, I don't think I never intended on being a, a 20 year career Marine. So I was always looking at, you know, okay, what, what else do I need to be doing you know, I need to be building passive income streams. You know, fortunately, I picked up the Rich Dad Poor Dad book, you know, a long time ago, you know, but uh, um, bought a handful of single family homes. And and one one of the advantages, I guess, to being military um, is, you know, you get you get moved every couple of years, but it, it's a lot more it, it's easier to buy a single family home if you're going to be an owner occupant. So you know, I move one place, you know, I, I can get an owner occupant loan, um, either VA, I've done VA, I've done FHA, and I've done FHA loans as well. But uh, um, you move in, you get an owner occupant loan, and you know, you're only going to be there for two to three years. And so when you move out, you just turn it into a rental. You know? So, you know, we, we followed that model. And, um, you know, fast forward several years, you know, I, I realized a couple of years ago, you know, so I'm going to say, you know, mid 2016, 2017 timeframe, you know, I kind of, kind of took stock of where we were at. You know, um, I was on a, a deployment on a, a big ship in the middle of, um, a body of water somewhere in the middle East. And I had a lot of time on my hands and I started thinking, okay, you know, I have this X amount of single family homes. Here's what it's doing for me. And, you know, when I, when I started it, I didn't put a lot of rigor behind it. You know, I just bought a home and thought, you know, I'm going to keep on buying homes. And then there's this magic step that just happens, you know, and then on the back end, I end up with a lot of passive income and a lot of wealth. 
you know, but, uh, I was realizing that that formula, that that whole magical step, you know, just wasn't there. And, um, you know, say a little tongue in cheek, but, uh, um, I started realizing that in order for me to get what I wanted out of real estate, I had to accelerate things, you know? And so I started thinking, okay, what's, what is my, what is my capacity? Can, can I buy a house every year? You know, so I spreadsheeted it, you know, what does one house per year do for me? And it was going to take me like 40 years to get the passive income that I wanted to retire. And I'm like, okay, let's accelerate this two houses per year, you know, and naturally it took me 20 years. So long story short, I started looking at other avenues. You know, I, I determined that real estate was was going to be the primary means, but there's lots of ways to get involved in real estate. So ended up getting into multifamily, read a couple of books about multifamily and really got hooked. You know, so started listening to every podcast that I could get my my hands on. And that ended up being, you know, my drive to work was, you know, a podcast. My drive home from work was a podcast. You know, if I were in the gym, I had my my earphones in and I was listening to a podcast, you know, so, you know, if I went on a run, you know, which, which, you know, Marines tend to do a lot, you know, I had earphones in and I was listening to another podcast, you know, so I probably spent a year or two just getting familiar with the business and, and everything else, you know, read books, uh, listen to, like I said, every podcast, get my hands on. And then I started looking at properties, you know, and, and I remember at one point walking out of a property and just scratching my head thinking, I don't even know if this is going to work. You know, how do I know this is a good deal? You know, the, I know the owner wants X amount for this thing. Is it going to be a big deal, you know, and, or a good deal. And so anyway, I walked away from that thinking I needed to do, I needed to get much more detailed information because a lot of podcasts are just wave tops. You know, they, they don't give you like the, the real detailed answers you need to be able to be successful in this business. So I latched onto a, an educational program and ended up going for mentorship, you know, by paying into a mentorship program to be able to answer that question to myself, you know, how do I know this is a good deal? You know, so I learned how to analyze and what I didn't mention earlier, you know, I've, I've got two degrees in math. So numbers and analysis, that's something that I'm really good at, you know, so I was able to very quickly learn how to, analyze properties, you know, and, you know, maybe the financial piece was, you know, I had to learn some, some new terms with finance, with finances, but I was able to quickly start to analyze things, got really good at analyzing and uh, eventually got a property under contract, found a couple of partners. And so where we're sitting right now is, you know, we should close very soon on our fifth syndication and incidentally, you know, syndication, we, we're deal sponsors. We, we find the deal we find people who want to invest in real estate. We bring the two together and our investors, you know, make a boatload of money is basically how that works. About ready to close on our fifth syndication and we've got our 600 contract. So that's, I mean, that, that's, that's a general overview of where we, you know, who I am and, and where we are right now. Yeah. Amazing. And, that was a great kind of summary of kind of your journey of how you got to where you are today and really those steps that you took really sounded like you utilize the education and, you know, going around and listening to podcasts, getting that firm foundation in the terminology and how to go and do it, but then digging deeper and actually going and saying, Hey, I need to get a mentor. I need to get some deeper level mm -hmm. training and understanding of analysis side of things rather than just the surface level. Like, Oh, you buy a multifamily, you, you hold it and you get cash flow. the surface level. It all sounds good in concept, but really digging into the, the core the meat potatoes of, how to analyze deals, how to find them, how to 
put together and syndicate the capital. So talk about those, those action steps and how you applied them in that first deal, because that's huge. I mean, people always talk about that law of the first deal, get that under, under your belt. And then you're kind of, you catch some momentum or a wave. Can you talk about that first deal, highlight some of the specifics on it? Yeah. So I think from the beginning, I was trying to do everything by myself, you know, and part of it was just ignorance. You know, I, I didn't know there were groups of people that, that got together and met together to talk about apartments. I, I mean, I theoretically, I, I figured they were out there. I didn't know where to find any of them, you know? So when I, when I came up with my own plan, you know, and listening to like Joe Fairless and Michael Blanc and Rod Cleef, most of them are following the syndication model and they preach the syndication model. And I kind of had this idea in my head that in order for somebody to invest money with me, I had to have some sort of track record. So, and I'm like, okay, I could go find partners who have experience, but what can I bring to the table? I'm like, I, I don't have anything. I have no experience to bring to the table. So my idea up front was, like I said, I, I just started touring properties and thinking, I'll get myself a sixplex or an eightplex or something like that. And that'll be my experience. And then a year later, I can start syndicating. You know, So that was my grand idea. But like I said, it was walking out of one of those where I thought I needed more help. So I, I started looking a little more deeply into you know some of some of the podcasts that I listened to had some sort of educational arms you know attached to the, the main podcasters. So I started researching some of the um, educational programs and you know bought into one of them. And one thing that I realized is you know this is not an individual sport. This is definitely a team sport, you know, and I, I probably could have handled a six plex or an eight plex all by myself, but th there, there comes a point where, you know, you have to have a partner. So going in, I realized a couple of things. I'm like, number one, I need to find a partner or multiple partners. I need to be able to find people who can attract or people who can invest with us. And I need to be able to find a deal. So those were the three things that were constantly on my mind is I have to find somebody that I can partner with because if I'm looking at, you know, 40 to 60 unit properties, I can't do it by myself. You know, I need to find investors and I need to find the 40 to 60 unit properties themselves. So I think the uh, the networking program or the, the coaching program that I got into definitely had a lot of, uh, put me around people to potentially partner with. It helped me get the information I needed, the knowledge and the know-how I needed to, to do the deals um, and to, to raise capital. And, you know, end of the day, um, helped me through the entire process with, with a mentor who I could you know, pick up the phone and call, you know, a couple of times a, a month just to talk through, you know, different deals or to talk through different, different aspects of, of the job. So over the course of several months, that's what I was doing. I was, I was networking with people, you know, talking to potential partners, you know, and I, I didn't think I would be a very, I'd, I'd be very good at raising capital for the deals. Um, turns out that that's, that's actually more of my focus right now than it was before. So yeah, I didn't think I was going to be very good at raising capital. So I focused on people who could raise capital as far as who I wanted to partner with and just kind of, you know, kept people warm. So I, I'd make sure that every couple of weeks I was reaching out to these guys. I, I had a list of four to six different people that I thought would be good potential partners that we got along with. And I just tried to keep in touch with them, you know, every couple of weeks, send them an email or something like that, or, or text them or whatever, you know, and, and finally I got my first deal under contract, you know, found, found one that finally worked for me. I had actually found somebody who was looking in the same area. And one of the things that we, we said, 
you know, at the time I was looking in like several different markets, which, you know, in, in hindsight, I, I should have focused a little more than I did, but I was looking at several different markets and Eric Shirley and I had decided that, you know, anything that we find in, in the Carolinas, we would partner on. So my first deal that I got under contract was in the Carolinas. And so, you know, one of these guys that I had um, been, been networking with and keeping in contact with, you ended up, uh, we ended up partnering on this deal. Now, Eric's best friend was in on the deal, you know, a guy named Brian. And so, you know, he was one of my partners and then, you know, we ended up bringing Todd Butler into the deal as well. So that was my first deal, but it was also the the beginning of Four Oaks Capital because the four of us that now uh, make up Four Oaks Capital came together for this one specific deal. And then we decided later on to, to basically work together exclusively. But yeah, I think the secret to that one was was simply, you know, I was always looking for partners. I was always looking for deals and I was always looking for people who wanted to, you know, invest in, in apartments and be able to earn passive income. Yeah. And it's almost counterintuitive when you go and look at the space of, of multifamily and, and real estate investing, where a lot of people think they start on that track of just like you going and buying a single family home and then almost thinking, well, multifamily, that sounds appealing, but that's not for me. I can't do that. And they look at it and being like, well, how do I scale faster if I really want to get into this multi into uh, building a bigger portfolio that generates some passive income. And they think that route of, okay, I'll buy one house this year, two houses next year. And, and their mindset goes, if I'm going to jump, I'm going to go into a fourplex or I'm going to go into yeah. an eightplex or something like that. But I mean, if you actually look, you should be scaling and growing your mindset to being that place where it's like, no, I should actually be going after hundred unit properties because there's, it's probably going to be easier when you find a team around you and you can generate bigger cash flow, better returns and all those different aspects. There's better economies of scale, but you just got to take that jump from the single family to growing your mindset to see the, the value of multifamily and finding a team and building a team around you. So what did you kind of do to go and find that right team and, and build that strong network around you? So I, I think number one is, is just the, the networking. You have to put yourself in positions where you can meet people who have similar goals and who can complement your strengths, you know? So, you know, the, I, I would go to local meetups as often as possible. I went to a couple of large events, the different, uh, different groups have, have done internet or national uh, on a national level. You know, I've been to a, a handful of Michael Blanc events and I've been to Rod Cleef events, you know, so, you know, went to all those events and that, that, you know, at those events there, there's a lot of other syndicators there who are experienced, but there's also a lot of people trying to get in the game, you know? So I think there's, there's just a wealth of people that you can meet at those events and potentially partner with later on, you know? So, but the, the next thing is, you know, you're, you're looking for, partners. The other piece of the puzzle is you, you have to be a good partner. You know, you have to be attractive to other people. So, um, and you've got to let people know, you got to find a way to get your name out there. So, um, you know, I, I was in the Michael Blanc coaching program and he's got a, a closed network of people. And so I, I just started posting in, in the network, you know, we, we use us us the Slack app for that. And I just started posting, you know, I started looking at other people's stuff, you know, um, inside his network, you can, you can share your underwriting analysis of a, of a property. 
And so when people would, would post it, I would review it. I would look over it and I would give feedback every single time, you know, and at the time, you know, I, I didn't realize, you know, what that would do for me when I started doing it, it was just so I could get better at it. You know, it was, um, somebody posted a deal. I'm kind of shaky at underwriting. I'm going to look at their stuff, you know, and I started looking at the stuff. I started looking at other people's comments and I started learning. And then once I started learning, I started giving back, you know, and what that ended up doing for me is people started to recognize my name. And when people would post stuff in there, they'd tag me and say, Hey, Brian, what do you think about this? You know, Hey, I like the feedback you gave on his deal. Can you do the same thing for me? You know? So I think what I, what I learned from that experience is, you know, you've got to become an attractive partner, but you also got to be able to market yourself. And just by me, you know, inside this group of people who all wanted to get their first deal done just by the value that I created, like I said, I created a name for myself. People all of a sudden wanted to talk to me about stuff. And then when it came time for me to, it just made, made finding partners a lot easier because I made a name for myself as being a guy who could underwrite, you know, so um, being a guy who could analyze a deal, who could, who could, you know, look through something and, and find the, the irregularities or the things that, uh, that, that need to be fixed in, in somebody's financial model. So, um, and that's, that's really how I attracted, you know, my partner, you know, he was also doing the same thing, you know, so he was, he was posting in the same forum and, you know, a lot of times we would, you know, he, he was one of the guys that I eventually picked up the phone and started talking to on the phone. And one of the guys that I, I decided, Hey, he's, he's a good potential partner. I need to deliberately keep in contact with him, you know? So yeah, you need to, you need to be a good partner in order to find good partners. Yeah. And that's just a really great core concept. I mean, really comes down to you adding value and providing value yeah. first to other people and it sounded like it was just kind of organic and how you went about it. It's not like you were going with this grand mission of like, Hey, I'm going to post here just so I can find this right person. It's kind of something that you were doing kind of naturally as for your own learning. And through that process, you started to attract the right people, but that's a great lesson for other people to learn who are listening to this. It's basically, that's a shortcut. It's kind of a, a hack that you can kind of see like Brian learned this mm -hmm. along the way. But learn from what the lesson he's sharing with you. Like, be a valuable person, provide value to others in real estate, in business in general, and they start coming back to you, looking to you as an expert or a thought leader or having credibility. And that's how you really start building a relationship with people, mm -hmm. especially in this business, because real estate, especially multifamily, is such a relationship based business, whether it be with partners, with your team, with brokers with investors it comes down to being a credible person that can add value and and understand the business really well so a great lesson there that you kind of shared so talk a little bit about the markets that you're now looking at like where are you focusing your efforts do you have some target markets that you're focusing on yeah we we do um you know like i i think i mentioned that uh you know when, when eric and i first talked it wasn't the first time we talked but you know probably the third or fourth time that we talked, we agreed that, you know, anything in the Carolinas we would partner on. And Eric grew up in South Carolina. He lives in North Carolina right now. Um, I've previously lived in North Carolina and my wife was born and raised in South Carolina, you know, so um, it, it was, a, <clears throat> those were markets that we were, we were both looking into. 
Um, and the Southeast in general is doing well. So right now, what what uh, Four Oaks is looking at is southeastern states, you know, especially North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia. And you know, right now we have you know four that we've we've uh, purchased and are operating right now, and a fifth one that's under contract. And all five of those are in South Carolina. And uh, the one that we have, like I said, we have one under contract that's next to Clemson, South Carolina, next to Clemson University. We're going to close on that really soon. Just waiting for a lender to say yes. But we have a contract on a place in, in Georgia as well. So um, target markets for us are the southeast. And, you know, for a lot of reasons, the southeast is the, the region's just doing very well. I think a lot of the money on the eastern coast is moving from north to south. And there's a lot of data that shows that, you know, a lot of people are moving from, you know, New Jersey and the really expensive areas of the northeast. And they're, they're trying to get to places where their, their dollar goes a little further. Uh, and, you know, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia and Florida are the biggest recipients of Northeastern money looking for more fertile pastures. So that's the area we're looking at. And property size, you know, we're, we're looking, you know, triple digit property sizes now, you know, so 100 units and above in one of those target markets. Yeah. So I was just kind of curious on, you set that criteria about going hundred units and above. Why is that? Why, why do you have that criteria in place? Yeah, the criteria is in place. There, there's a lot of economies of scale that come in at a hundred units or above, you know, so you, you can afford to have onsite management on the property, you know, so you're, you're paying somebody to be there you know, during business hours, so to speak. Um, you know, as, as a new syndication firm, you know, the first property we found was not above hundred units because it's, it, it's a little harder to break in just because of the numbers, but you know, the economy's a scaler there, you know, you, you get a property management company that puts two or three or four people in a leasing office. You have a, a full-time maintenance staff who can, who can keep the place um, looking good, you know, so the, the management is a lot better and ends up being you know, about the same cost per door as offsite management would be. So um, that's one reason. And the next reason is just uh, it's not that much more difficult to close on 150 units than it is to close on 50 units. You know, so you still have to apply for a loan, which which takes takes a lot. You have to raise capital. You know, maybe it's a little more capital, but you know, it's not. You know, going from 50 to 150 is three times the amount of units, and it's actually three times the profits, but it's not three times the work. You know, so difficulty doesn't scale, but profits usually do. So I think once once you get that magical, you know, that magical number where you can have the on-site management, things end up being a little bit better for you economically. And in the Southeast, it's usually around the 100 units where you can you can do the full-time management. Now you said you've closed on four deals to date. Did it take a little bit of a or time to work up to that hundred unit benchmark? Did you kind of do some some acquisitions below that hundred units before you're able to do those bigger triple digit units now? Or yeah, tell us a little bit about that. So just a rundown of unit counts. Um, we have I'll go from small to big. You know, a sixteen, a thirty three, a thirty nine, an eighty, and we're going to close on an eighty two soon. You know, so yeah, we we definitely did a, a run up, you know, and the 16 and the 39 were uh, a purchase together. So we, we we bought a portfolio of two from from an owner. So, you know, so you're looking at our deal size, you know, we, we closed on a 55, which is the 16 and the 39 and then a 33 and then an 80. 
And like I said, the 82 is going to be the one we close on next. Um, so it took us a little while to get into that hundred plus, you know, it was just slowly building up to it, you know, um, in, in South Carolina, you know, a hundred plus, you know, doors, um, it's still relatively affordable. So, you know, people from, you know, the Northeast or Texas are just going to laugh at this number, but, you know, $5 million, you know, about $50,000 of doors, what we're paying, you know, so, you know, five to $7 million is kind of where that hundred, hundred unit starts. Um, and we're, we're finding that we're raising roughly 40, 40% of the purchase price for the down payment and renovation costs. So a $5 million purchase is going to be about a $2 million raise. You know, it took us a little while to be confident with, you know, raising two to $3 million on, on a deal. And so, you know, very, as, as we kept on doing this, I think our, our capacity and our ability to raise money has, has increased. Um, so yeah, it took us a little while before we could confidently, you know, take one down. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the property management aspect of the the units that you're currently managing. So that is that all done in house by your group at Four Oaks, or are you using a third party property manager? And, and talk about the kind of the the different groups that you're working with. Yeah, so we don't quite have the capacity internally to do um, our own management. We're still quite small, and I. We, we use professional property management. Uh, we're, we're not equipped for that yet. So um, basically, we, we have two different companies that work for us or manage our properties, excuse me. They, they work for lots of different people, but two different companies that manage our properties. One of them is a large company that has a footprint in the entire Southeast. So every property we have, they have something that's that's really close. You know, So we're, we're under contract on a place in, in Georgia and in, in the city in Georgia that uh, this is in, they, they have a couple of properties that they're also managing as well. So um, the nice thing about them is they, they have infrastructure in all of the markets that we're looking in already, you know, so, you know, for, for any of our new acquisitions, they're going to be our first, um, first choice. Um, the first, pro- first two properties that we bought, you know, we, we do have a different manager for them. Um, and these two, these two apartment buildings are, you know, about a mile away from each other. And the property manager's office is right across the street from the largest of the two properties. So um, what we like about this particular property manager is we are essentially getting an on-site manager for a, a smaller unit. You know, it's it's a 39-unit building, but because he lives across the street, we're getting management as if it were completely on-site because um, you know, he, he can get there really easy to show tenants around, you know, if there's a maintenance issue, you know, it, he doesn't even have to get in his car and, and, and leave for very long. He can just, just walk out of his office, walk across the street and he's there. So that's what we like about that one. Yeah. So no, that's great. Like, sounds like you got a great setup working with your property management group. That's so close located to the property really understands the neighborhood and has close access. So you're really getting that value out of having somebody that basically is on site when dealing with the lower unit count type of property. So sounds like you've found a great property, a diamond in the rough, and and also a great management company to actually oversee it. So I actually want to dive into your podcast because I know it's some a podcast I've enjoyed. You've launched well, you've had a great audience that you've built already. And it seems a little it's a little bit different than what you see on other podcasts where you actually interview a couple guests mm-hmm. at the same time. So can you talk a little bit about your podcast and, and what your yeah, focus is? Yeah, you know, the, the podcast is, is something that I have thoroughly enjoyed doing, you know, and, 
you know, we, we launched the podcast to be part of the, you know, get the word out campaign, you know, so, you know, you, you see a lot of good examples of that. I mean, I, I talked about my journey, including podcasts. And I think a lot of aspiring multifamily investors start by listening to podcasts, you know, so we kind of followed that model thinking that, uh, you know, if, if we can get our name out there and our brand out there, you know, it would help us to, to potentially raise, you know, more capital quicker. So basically, um, we, we had the idea to just to do the regular podcast. We were going to do an interview-based podcast like most other people are doing. And I remember we were at a big conference and we said, hey, we're going to do a podcast and, you know, we're going to call it the Diary of an Apartment Investor and everything else. And that was before the conference started. We walked into this conference, you know, and everybody that we talked to said, hey, I'm starting a podcast. Hey, I'm starting a podcast, you know, and we were just like, oh, geez, you know. And, and so we, we went back to the drawing board and we kind of put that on hold and, and we decided to, to come up with a new, new look or a new format. But uh, like I said, I, I got a lot of traction inside, you know, the, the Michael Blanc group by helping aspiring investors and we, we figured it was something that we could, we could capitalize on, you know? So yeah, the podcast brings on an aspiring investor with an experienced investor. And we call it the Ask the Expert episode or Ask the Expert format. And the first part of the podcast is like any other, you know, we talk with the experienced investor, we talk about their story, what they're doing. And then about halfway through, we, we introduce the aspiring investor. And at one point, I will just turn to the aspiring investor and say, hey, you know, you got so-and-so on the line. What do you want to ask them? And anyway, I think it's, it wasn't my idea to do it. It was one of my partners, but it, I think it's just a brilliant, brilliant idea because it's different. And I think it's just a really good idea because, you know, the people who are listening to it, the aspiring investors normally have the same questions that the people who are asking. So it's, it's so far done very well. And, uh, you know, we're going to continue to do it. Yeah, no, it's, it's uh, like I said, I've really enjoyed it. And it's a unique kind of differentiated spin on the podcast scene from there's a lot of different podcasts out there on the multifamily real estate investing side of things. So just having a new flavor in there and really educating people and using that perspective of helping aspiring investors that are trying to break into the industry. I mean, it, it just, yeah, really has shaken up the uh, traditional podcast that you hear. So yeah, I really want to give props to you for starting that and, and launching well and, and encourage the audience here to check it out. And I'll definitely put that a link to that in the show notes. So, so people can uh, follow along with, with you and your journey in Four Oaks Capital. So just kind of want to start wrapping it up here, take it into the final four questions where you give short to the point answers. So what is your favorite real estate or business book? Ooh, the favorite one Real estate book, I would say Hunter Thompson's book on on raising capital has been my favorite favorite business book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Yeah, those are both phenomenal books. So what is one thing you wish you knew when you got started in real estate investing? I wish I knew that I had the capability to go big. Yeah, it's the whole mindset thing and you taking that leap going from single family to multifamily, like made of if you had the the knowledge or the education you know, mm -hmm. earlier on, like you got from podcasts, you probably would have made that jump a lot sooner, but that's why it's shows like this and, and yours that really help people make that jump and build that mindset earlier. So what's a daily habit that helps you be successful in real estate? You know, daily habit, I just try to push the ball, you know, a little bit further forward every day. You know, there's a lot of goals that we have, you know, so we're, we're coming up with like an educational platform that can help aspiring investors. 
you know, so, so every day I, I have certain things that I'm doing on a daily basis. Like every day I'm writing something for this educational platform. And so I, I would just say, I'm, I'm very conscious about moving the ball forward on, you know, whatever my priority project is at any given time. Yeah. And while you're not working, doing all this, uh, moving forward in your business, what are you doing for fun? I've got five kids. So, you know, most of my non-business related activities, you know, revolve around the kids because of my virtual background. I don't think you saw him, but my, my son did poke his head in, you know, during the, the interview, but, uh, yeah, with, with five kids, like I said, a lot of it goes around, you know, with whatever their activities are. Yeah, that's perfect. And that's the kind of lifestyle you've created for yourself, being able to work from your home, I'm assuming, and being able to spend time with family and, and have that, that lifestyle where you're kind of adapting and being able to spend time with family and, and make time for things that are important. So last thing here, how can our listeners get in touch with you? you know, the best way is through our website, you know, fouroakscapital.com. And, you know, there's a contact us form, you know, we're really good at getting back to people really quickly after you fill out that form. And, you know, typically we'll send somebody out an email with a link to our calendar so you can get a, get a call with us. And then obviously the podcast, you know, Diary of an Apartment Investor, every episode, you know, in the show notes. And at the end of the episode, I give my contact information out. So if you want to reach out to me directly, you know, go to Diary of an Apartment Investor and you listen to an episode or hit the show notes. Yeah, I know we're both active on LinkedIn as well. I see you post in there regularly. That's how we got in touch and you know got scheduled here and then initially connected. So yeah, if you're if you're on LinkedIn, let us know. Like reach out to us, reach out to Brian or myself. Let us know you're listening to the show. Take a snapshot, screenshot of this episode, post it online, tag us in it. We'll interact with you, send us a message. We're we're happy to to hear from people that are listening and, and getting some value out of this. So yeah, we would welcome that. So Brian, it was really great having you on the show today. Really appreciate you taking the time, sharing some knowledge and adding some value to my listeners. So thanks again and talk to you again soon. Hey, thanks. Appreciate you and the opportunity to talk with you. Yeah. Take care. If you want to get in touch with me directly to learn more about real estate or to see all of the available podcast episodes and show notes, visit my website, marcuscron.com. Thanks for listening to the episode. If you enjoy the show, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on new episodes. If you enjoy the podcast or if it provides value in any way, make sure to leave a five-star review. This helps the show attract top quality guests who will be able to provide even more insight into how you can build wealth through real estate. Talk to you next time.